Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Henman. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel, Ohio. Well, listen, turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke chapter 24. The Gospel of Luke chapter 24. Luke is in the New Testament, so if you're not familiar with the Bible, open it about three-fourths in. should be in the New Testament. It goes Matthew, Mark, Luke. That's where you want to be. If you see John or Acts or Romans or First and Second Corinthians, you went too far. Come back. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 8 will be our text. Our message is entitled... Victory over the darkness. Yeah. Listen, friends, you need to speak that because that victory is true today. And the darkness has a way of speaking really loud as though it still exists, as though it's still in control. It is not anymore. And so, once again... What we are going to unpack is the victory already accomplished for us right now into our future, the victory over darkness. Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. We only experience the darkness when we believe the lie, right? So let's look at the truth. Let's wipe away the lie. Let's remove the fog from the eyes and ask God to put a fire in our hearts by His Holy Spirit. Verse 1, it begins. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb. Now, as we come to this text, let me give you just a little backstory. And the backstory is this on the day that Jesus was crucified, there were two men who went to the governing ruler whose name was Pontius Pilate. And those two men were, first of all, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a rich man, who was a disciple of Jesus, and also Nicodemus who was a ruler of the Jews, they both went to Pontius Pilate and they asked for the body of Jesus. And Pilate said, fine. He he gave them the body of Christ. And they took Jesus' body and they placed it in a tomb and they covered it with a large stone. And so ultimately, as we come to this text, we're at a time and a moment where all the hopes and dreams of the disciples were behind that stone and and in that tomb. Everything that they thought was going to happen, everything that they had hoped in, all that they had hoped that their life would be and and turn out, it all 
vanished. Everything was dark in that moment. Everything was lost. Everything felt like it was all for naught. Been there? Sure. And so in this moment, they found themselves at a place they didn't know what to do. I mean, one minute they were prospering, right? They were full of life. They were full of joy. I mean, Jesus was full of power. He healed everyone who came to him. The winds and the waves obeyed him. Listen, he wasn't afraid of any demon or any person. He was the king. He was master over everything. And yet now, everything has changed and they're confused and they're lost and they're wondering what it was all about. Verse one again. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, that is, remember friends, it's always darkest before the dawn. That is, hear me this morning. If you're going through it, I want you to know this too shall pass. God's mercies are new every morning. The dawn is always coming. Verse 1 again. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they, that is, Mary Magdalene and Joanna and a few other faithful women who loved Jesus and followed Jesus, went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. And so these group of women were going to this tomb and they were looking to prepare the body of Jesus. They were looking to ultimately, you know, pay their respects again to Jesus. And it's interesting, in the book of Mark, chapter 16, it adds a little tidbit of this journey that these women had to the tomb that it fills us in and lets us know that on the way they had a conversation and in that conversation, they had an overarching concern, a, a big concern, and their concern was this. How are we going to move the stone? <laughs> How in the world are we even going to get in to finish preparing the body of Jesus? And yet, here's the amazing thing to me about these women. Given that insurmountable problem, they went anyway. How many times in my life have I chosen to hide 
Have I chosen to do nothing because I looked at that and said, I don't know what to do. I don't know how, so I'm just going to not go. And so ultimately, love compelled these women. Their love for Jesus compelled these women to move forward in faith even though they didn't know what they were going to do. They didn't know how they were going to do it. They didn't know how they were going to solve the problem. Love just compelled them to move forward in faith. And so ultimately, listen, we need to imitate them. (laughs) Our love for Jesus needs to compel us to move forward in faith. Love is a central thing. You know, Jesus said that's the number one commandment, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Paul says it was the love of Christ that compelled him to to live his life. Jesus says that love is the most excellent way because it is compassion that causes us to go. It is compassion that causes us to go and move forward in faith. It is compassion that pushes us out of our comfort zone. It is compassion that compels us to believe and move. We need to love Jesus and then move forward in faith regardless of the fact that listen most of the time we don't know what to do we don't know how God's going to solve it that's the walk of faith friends God has called you and I to live like Jesus and minister like Jesus. That's an impossible assignment. And if you're like me, most days I'm just in desperation going, okay, God, I'm stepping out of the boat once again. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to love my life, my wife like Jesus. I mean, I kind of do. I could do a lot better. I don't know how to love my staff like Jesus. I don't know how to love my church like Jesus. I, I, I don't know fully how to love this community like Jesus. Lord, I'm, I'm moving forward, though. I, I don't know what it's supposed to look like. I, I'm trying. I'm stepping out of the boat. I've failed a million times. But I love you, and I trust you. 
And I'm going to keep stepping out of the boat until you and I walk on the water together. This is the life that God has called us to. Don't let your failure keep you from loving Jesus and moving forward in faith. Because that's where the kingdom intersects with earth. That's where the fruit is. That's where you will see the hand of God upon your life and upon mine. Listen, I wish I could stay there. I've, I've tasted of it. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've seen God do miracles through me, but not enough. I can count them, so that's not enough, right? But I'm grateful for them. But I just know that I fail to live like these women too much. Too much my circumstances are informing my perspective. Too much my flesh is directing my behavior. Because that's hard. Because I, I don't, I don't want to do that always. I, I don't. I get tired. But I'm amazed. I'm amazed at women who so love Jesus that they would move forward into an insurmountable problem and they had absolutely no idea other than we love Jesus and we need to go. That's all they knew. And I have found in my life, I don't know if you believers, that's usually about what God gives us until we step into it, right? And sometimes we don't know until we're in the moment. And sometimes when we're in the moment, we don't know until 2020 what he did. We're always trying to figure it out. We always want it on the front end. We always want the map, and that's not faith. And so I love this. You know, first we need to love Jesus. Everything flows from our love for Jesus. Everything. And then we move forward in faith, trusting God to do what only He can do in and through us. I'm loving Him. I'm stepping forward. I can't do it. I'm trusting Him to do only what He can do in me, through me, for you, whatever he desires to do. Well, ultimately, as they're pondering this insurmountable problem, as they're having this conversation with themselves, listen, something happened. And the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 28 tells us what that something is. And so hold your finger here. We'll come back and take a look at Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verses 2 through 4. 
Matthew 28, verses 2 through 4. It says this. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. <laughs> that is, they probably passed out. <laughs> and so listen, the Lord had already gone before them. They're having this conversation about this insurmountable problem. God has already taken care of it. God has already gone before them. He is already walking ahead of them, preparing the way. And listen, that was true for them. Hear me, friends. I need you to believe this. That is true for you. God goes before you. We, we just got through singing about it. We sing about it all the time. All the time. He, is, he is the way maker. He is the stone remover. He is the obstacle overcomer. Nothing is impossible with God. And so the great truth of Easter is, listen, if, if he can rise from the dead... He can handle that situation that you're facing. Whatever that worry is, whatever that concern that you have, whatever that thing is, you don't know what you're going to do. You don't know how. You don't. God is going before you. He is with you. We've been studying this in our Holy Spirit series. He's not only with you, he is in you, and we've been praying that he might come upon us in even greater ways. And so listen, keep your eyes on Jesus. He, he loves you. Don't let the evil one convince you that he does not just because we live in a broken world we we live in this broken world and then you add our failure to the mix and we just wonder is god with me is he before me and satan is whispering to you and god is saying yes i am i will never leave you or forsake you I am the faithful one. I will not let go of you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And so we need to believe and not give up. Now there's something about this event that we need 
to think about as well. And that is this, this this whole picture here where the stone is rolled away, we need to understand that the stone was not rolled away so Jesus could get out. (laughs) Don't get it twisted. John chapter 20 verse 19 literally tells us that Jesus' physical body that he rose before he ascended was able to pass through material things. You know, he literally walked through walls in John 20. You remember that scene where the disciples are gathered, they're praying, and Jesus walks through the wall, and they're, they're like, who are you? <laughs> Duh. And so the stone was not rolled away so that Jesus could get out. Listen, it's so the world could look in and know who Jesus was, that he was gone. Well, let's turn back to Luke 24. Continue in verse 2. And they, that is the the group of women, found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And so Corey leaned into this a little bit. That is, you know, imagine that you have just had a funeral. And for some of us, you don't have to imagine you've been part of one fairly recently. But imagine you've just had a funeral and you have lost someone that you love dearly. They they were the world to you. They meant everything to you. And you've had the funeral and you stood in line and shook everybody's hand that you didn't know. And you went to the, the graveside and They put the casket down and they filled the dirt in and tombstone was put in place. But then you decided, you know, three days later to come back, you know, and just maybe put some flowers out, just see how things had been prepared, maybe grieve some more, say goodbye some more, and and you return to that spot and what you find is the tombstone has been removed, the, the grave's all dug up, the casket's opened, and, and the body is gone. And so you'd be kind of spinning in that moment. You'd be kind of thinking, well, what, who, who did that? Who, who stole the body? And so that's exactly where these women were at. Verse 4 continues. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And so listen, as they were trying to make sense and take in what was happening, God was going before them 
again. And he sent two angels to minister to them. Now the exciting thing is this, that the book of Hebrews tells us that God still sends his angels to minister to us. And I've spoken numerous times about my experiences with angels, and I'm not going to go into it this morning, but if you've been around, you've heard some of them. But my point here is this, again. God is going before you. He is with you. He is for you. And listen, He will send His angels to help you. Verse 5. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Verse 6. He's not here, but has risen. Now the reality of this picture is that no grave can hold Jesus. And so thus we sing, we declare, no grave will hold you either. And that is unbelievably powerful because he is risen, we shall be risen. And so in Christ, we need to understand that when we die, our spirit immediately goes to heaven. But when Jesus returns, and we hope he's returning soon, when he returns, our bodies will be physically resurrected and brought back to life into new bodies, glorified bodies, perfect bodies that will never perish. The world's seeking that, isn't it? I mean, have you seen the headlines? You know, all this AI stuff, they think we're going to be able to download ourselves onto some computer and then upload us into some robotic body and that we'll go to our own funeral. Have you read this nonsense? You cannot download consciousness. You cannot download spirit. You only think that way if you're depraved in thinking and thinking that you're only an animal. You are made in the image of God. You are mind, soul, and spirit, and body. Can't download that. But that's what the world's trying to do. And in its arrogance, it's basically talking about how, you know what, you know, God, we don't need God. We're going to live forever because <laughs> we got AI, you know. Want to be superhumans. But ultimately, what I want us to also see is that the agent, the person who is involved in the resurrection, the means, the, the one who does it is the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, 
verses 10 through 11 says, but if Christ is in you, take a look on the screen, sorry. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead, the spirit is life. Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The Holy Spirit was the one who resurrected Jesus' body. The Holy Spirit is the one who will resurrect your physical body. And I highlight that for those of us that are in our Holy Spirit series right now and we're in the midst of what is the Holy Spirit's work in the life of the believer. Well, listen, the Holy Spirit's work in the life of the believer is this. He is the one who will resurrect your dead body to life. Verse 6. The angels continue speaking to these women. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? The angels come alongside these ladies that are perplexed by what they're seeing and they say, you know, hey, remember? Remember when you were around Jesus and and he was teaching you and talking about who God was and his plan of salvation for his people that, that he told you that, listen, I, I know that you love me. I, I know that you've seen my miracles. But, but listen, God's plan is I'm ultimately going to die. But, but don't be afraid. I'm, I'm going to race to life and this is the way it has to be in order for me to pay the death penalty for your sin. This, this is the plan of salvation to restore you back into the image of God. Re remember how Jesus talked to you about that? Re remember what he said? Re remember how he told you what was going to happen? And they didn't remember. And so they were perplexed and they were confused. And, and so listen, that is what happens when you and I forget God's word as well. We become confused. We become perplexed about what God is doing in our life because God's word is not informing our thoughts. God's word is not for, or informing what direction our life is moving in. Psalm 119, 105 says this. Take a look on the screen. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 16, take a look on the screen, goes on to say, I will delight in your statutes. I will not 
what? Forget your word. Listen, we cannot forget God's word. God's word is living and active. It is life to our very soul. It is is truth. It's that which erases confusion and brings clarity to our thinking. And so we have to remember Jesus' words. And so ultimately, verse 8 says here, and they remembered his words. And so ultimately, the word of God is what we need to keep at the forefront of our thinking. The Word of God is what we need to keep at the forefront of our minds in order that our hearts are clean, in order that our thinking is clear, in order that we can participate in greater intimacy, greater power, and greater participation with God. It is the Spirit of God and the Word of God that brings us into connection with God that then we begin to live out His presence and power in our lives. And when we forget, we walk in darkness. When we forget, our hearts are full of fear. When we forget, we believe in lies. And we become confused. I'm going to take a break here. And we go ask the kids to turn their music down a little bit. So, because we're going to get quieter and then they're really going to hear them. So they're having a good time. So that's a good thing, right? Well, ultimately, after these women, they go see the empty tomb and... They hear the angels speak to them. They run back to the apostles and they report to the apostles, listen, Jesus is risen. <laughs> he's not there. <laughs> he, he's gone. He, he, he did what he said he was going to do. And that is, they believed. They believed what Jesus had said. And listen, that ultimately is what Easter is all about. Believing in Jesus. And listen, that is what you need to do this morning. Wherever you're at, I'm talking to all of us, wherever you're at, you need to believe in Jesus. Let me talk to the believers for a moment. Whatever place that you're at, your biggest problem in that place is believing in Jesus. Believing in Jesus over that situation, believing in Jesus over that problem. And one thing that Ephesians tells us is that the same power that raises Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that is available to you and I to live the Christian life. (laughs) Doesn't feel like it have to know it and declare it by faith until I see it 
worked out in my life. All of us have experienced it a little bit or we wouldn't even be here. You wouldn't even believe to be saved. And so, Christian, wherever you're at, Easter is about believing in Jesus. Listen, believing that he's going to raise you from the dead for eternity in heaven, but listen, believing that his resurrection power is available right now for your needs Believing that his resurrection power is available right now for you to live like Jesus and minister in his name like Jesus. And then ultimately, if you have never made a decision for Christ, how how can you be saved? How, How do you begin, and it is just the beginning, how do you begin a relationship with God? You believe in Jesus Christ. John 3.16, famous passage. Take a look on the screen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So here's the good news, bad news. Listen, the good news is this, is that God loved you. The bad news is this, we didn't love him back We were created in his image. We were created like Jesus. We were perfect. We were righteous. But he also created us with free will. He didn't force us to love him like a bunch of robots. He created us like him. And so with that ability to choose became the ability to say, I reject you. I want to do my own thing. I want to go my own way. And that's what we choose to do. We push back against God and we say, you know, I want to do what I want to do and I want to do it. I know what's best for me. So the bad news is we sin. The Bible calls that sin. I do what I want to do. I call the shots. And so that sin has a penalty in God's universe, and that is a death penalty. And sin separated us from God. We weren't supposed to die. Our bodies aren't supposed to die. That's why it feels so weird. Now, God could justly say, well, you guys blew it. So sorry. But he loved us. He loved us so much that he humbled himself and he went to the cross and he paid the death penalty. He's the judge, he's the one that says, hey, I'm holy, I'm righteous, you break that law, this is what's required. He came and he paid that requirement for you. He paid that penalty for you, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of life is eternal life. Jesus came, he died on the cross, he paid for sin, and then he rose to life so that we could live today and live forever. He came to give you life and life abundantly. How do you become saved? How do you begin your relationship with God, begin being restored back to the image of which you have fallen from, and ultimately live in glory in heaven forever? You believe in 
Jesus. And so I invite you this morning. Believe in him. He is life. He is what you've been looking for. He is what you try to find every other place. It seems like we look endlessly on our phones for something. Life is found in Him. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc.